Thank you for joining us as we get behind Bundle to see how we are breaking down barriers and driving workforce transformation. Today, we have Anna Ludecking joining us to talk about the challenges facing employees and employers today. Welcome, Anna. Anna is a principal partner and coach at Avenue Leadership Consulting and previously led learning and development, organizational development, and technical training teams at the University of Virginia. She holds a PhD in organizational behavior and a master's in industrial organizational psychology and is also a leadership coach of Bundle Benefits. Thank you so much, Kayla, for having me. So for, for our listeners who are unfamiliar, what is organizational psychology and why is it important? Well, organizational psychology is a big bucket umbrella term, but it pretty much is the intersection of psychology and business. So it applies psychology to the way that people interact and behave in organizations, whether that's groups, companies, for-profit, non-for-profit, project teams. It can be applied to many different contexts. And why, why, is it, why is it important and why is it something that people have been talking about a lot more as people think about like the future workforce? The way that people behave and interact at work is critical for a number of reasons. One, we spend more time at work than we do in any other format of our life. So studying the way that humans interact and contribute at work is a big slice of who we are as a society. And then the way that people behave and interact at work and how they work together on teams is really critical to determining what organizational results or impact an organization will have. So that's why so much time is spent studying, understanding, and improving how people behave and interact at work so that organizations can fulfill their mission. And what do you think are some of like the biggest challenges that workplaces are, are facing right now and employees are facing? You know, return to the actual workplace is something that a lot of people are facing, depending on how work was set up before. A lot of people are in that stage where it's time to return back to the physical office format. So I talked to a lot of people about what does the future of work look like, and it's how do we create, maintain a healthy hybrid work environment? And hybrid is just a term that means it allows people to work from home and return to the office as well. So right now, companies are trying to determine how do we support our people returning to work? Do we mandate it? How does it look different or the same than before? How do we do it? Most priority first is safe and then in a way that engages people and it doesn't make them feel like there's a, a have to do, but they're coming back to something that they want to do. So that's kind of a, a struggle right now. And so organizations are struggling with how do we bring people back and employees on the other end have every reaction in the spectrum you can think of from people can't wait to come back to the last thing that they want to do. So it's just more change on top of a year and a half that's been unprecedented amount of change. So that's a hot topic right now. And how, how do you think the best way is for, like, how do you think employers should be dealing with this? Like you said, employees have like a lot of anxiety about different situations. They have a lot of different needs. How do you think employers should be, um, should be tackling those issues? 
I think that safety first always. As you look through the lens, safety is always first and making sure that's clear to people is going to be important. So beyond that basic thing, I think there's so many factors that play into this culture, history, um, how the changes have gone in terms of people working remote, the different requirements of roles. So this isn't a challenge for all roles. Some roles like frontline workers and healthcare, there's not a lot to talk about here, but what I, I would recommend is taking a look at your organizational purpose, vision, and values and seeing how you can apply those to how you lead and talk about returning to work and making sure you're using this as an opportunity to live in an intentional way through the values you've set out if your organization has values. One thing I recommend that employers do is talk to their people about how they're feeling about this upcoming change, whether it's return to work, hybrid, or staying from home. That's the most important thing that you can do is take time to understand where people are at, how they're feeling, and how you can support them. And there, as I said, you'll have people all across the spectrum in terms of how they're feeling. So if you're a leader, I'd recommend talking to every single one of your direct reports about where they're at, how they're feeling, what you can do to support them. And as an organization, one way to take a pulse is to use surveys as well to determine how people are doing, what they're feeling. So those are a couple of key things I recommend. Um, but that so once you understand that and where people are at is responding to key themes you're hearing across people and individual needs of of what people are expressing that they need so i don't believe there's a one size fits all and i'm finding different employers are taking a different stance on it depending on their culture their work roles the responsibilities um, some are mandating get back to work and some are saying let's wait and see how this goes one thing I believe from my perspective that we'll find is people feel a certain way right now about the return to work because it's yet another change and a few months from now they're going to change how they feel so this is part of just staying connected with your folks understanding where they're at and trying to figure out the best compromise in terms of what the work setup looks like. Yeah, you said a lot of great things there. I think also, just like you said, um, making this not a one-time thing, but a continual thing of you're talking to your employees, doing climate surveys, employee engagement surveys. I think that's key. I think you can't just do it once and be one and done because things are changing so rapidly. And I don't think we quite know uh, what the future will look like. So I think, like you said, just being consistent, um, about talking to your employees is, is really important. Yep, there's there's nothing that will replace that no matter what we're yes. or what changes. That's one of the best things you can do as you lead a workforce. I agree. Um, and then looking forward, like you said, we know that more people are going to be working remotely at least part of the time, whether it's full time or hybrid or whatever the setup is. What do you think will be some of the other long lasting impacts of the pandemic on the workplace and on employees as well? Well, we're in an interesting position where people are returning to work. There's a lot of change in where work takes place. And at the same time, the workforce is shrinking. As we know, the baby boomers are retiring, but their rate of retiring is picking up right mm -hmm. post the pandemic. And at the same time, 
fertility rates are low. So the right now with the unemployment numbers, what I've seen is there's 0.95 jobs for every person who needs a job. So pretty much there's a job for everybody. So we're in this, we're transitioning into a stage where employees are gonna have choice. There's a lot of jobs open and there's a lot of people ready to move. There's a built up pent up demand for looking for new jobs now that the pandemic is starting to show signs of improvement. So all of this to say it's all coming together where workers are going to have a choice where they want to work, what conditions they were looking, what conditions they're looking for. And so what we're seeing right now is a trend towards employers responding in this manner by doing a lot of different things. One is increasing the wages of employees, which I believe is a great thing. And then getting much more clear with why people would want to work at a company because mm -hmm. It's just no longer going to suffice when an employee asks you, why should I stay working here? And you say, if you don't want to stay here, go look for another job. There's an abundance of jobs and you have to figure out how you're going to keep people. So retention is going to be critical. And the way that employers respond to this need for retention is going to show a lot around how they can respond to this just complete swing in dynamics around jobs and the workforce. So that's where I see in the future is that employers will be focusing on retention, keeping the talent that they have, and then figuring out how to, to transform some of the talent that they already have into the needs that they have coming. So using somebody you already have training, developing them for roles you're going to need in the future. So that's just a few things. Yeah, no, I think, like you said, it goes back to like the values and vision, like those, the, it's gonna be mission critical to have employees understand that and feel valued every single day at work. Because like you said, then they can just go elsewhere and companies will spend more money trying to um, recruit new employees and investing in their own existing ones. So I think those are phenomenal points. Um, Many workers, um, and I, I think even I've experienced this at some point, have felt disconnected while working remote. How can workforces make employees feel more supported, even if they're all working in different places, and build a company culture that continually um, fosters this? Well, a couple of things came to mind immediately when you asked this. One is that the leader is a pivotal point. Whoever is the leader of anybody working remote is a huge connection point in terms of helping people feel connected and, and engaged. And the way that they lead individuals and teams in a remote environment can have a huge impact on how people are feeling connected or not when they're working remote. Mm -hmm. So leadership behaviors I recommend are much of what I've already talked about, which is making sure you're checking in with people and that you're providing formats for people to connect with each other. So there just needs to be space for connection, essentially. Mm -hmm. So leadership behavior was one thing that jumped yeah. right to mind. And then communication. So I think of that more organizationally. But when we're disconnected physically, we can make up for that by overemphasizing communication in differing formats, methods, and more frequency. So those two things that came to mind when you asked yeah. that, Kayla. Yep. 
No, definitely. And it comes from the top, right? If your leadership's not um, acting on it, then it doesn't won't trickle down to everyone else. So I completely agree with that. And then company culture and employee engagement are two buzzwords that are have been used a lot in the past year when discussing the future of work. What do they really mean to you and why are they important? Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, I, I can start with engagement. Yes. To me, engagement comes down to essentially discretionary effort that an employee will put into a role so where they will go above and beyond the minimum expectation and put in that extra discretionary effort so when somebody's engaged it's it's more beyond just that they like their job but they're willing to put in that extra effort go the extra mile put their heart and soul into a job so engagement is important because it's a predictor through research it predicts everything from turnover and retention of an employee to customer satisfaction so it predicts the experience they provide whoever they're serving it predicts business results all of the important things that organizations care about so engagement is a key source for success in an organization so that's in engagement. Culture to me is about the collective behaviors that people in an organization display. And it's those things that are commonly accepted behaviors and then also unaccepted behaviors. So it's essentially culture is a collection of behaviors and what it means to be a part of an organization how people behave, how they interact, unwritten rules, written rules. Um, and so culture is important because that sets the tone right. for what it's like to be and work in an organization. So it's the overall context under which people interact and behave in a company. In your work, have, have you seen any examples or models of company culture and or employee engagement that have really worked well and been successful? Um, for me, culture and engagement are best um, improved upon when they're measured. So for me, when I work with the organizations who want to improve their culture or their engagement, the best step is to measure it to understand what's going well in terms of their culture and engagement and what's not and then create some action around it. So that to me would be what makes some organizations stand out as if they care enough about engagement culture to measure it and then they actually take time to make improvements, carry those out, make people responsible for actioning items on whatever they find and then make continuous improvement, including a lot of communication efforts along the way. So that's that's one key aspect of what creates engagement is when it's actually talked about, measured and improved upon. Um, and then from there, it's nuanced. Engagement looks different for different companies and different culture. I would say a key aspect is making sure you're getting frontline employees and talent involved in discussions around how do we continue to improve, refine, and build on the success of our culture and engagement. So active participation is key. 
Yeah, I think you really need to treat, you know, everyone measures revenue targets and other business functions and you need to met it's employee engagement should be a business function that is measurable and that there's action items and milestones that you need to reach. And I think when people start treating it like that, that's like you said, that's when you can see like real improvement. And I think it's going to become much more important in the focus for the organizations that aren't focused on it now in the future because it's going to be hard to keep and retain or attract talent when you're not working on your culture and the engagement of your folks because people will be asking that question I mentioned of why should I work here? What's special about this place? And you're going to need an answer for that. No, it's very true. It all ties. It all ties together. Um, are there some initiatives that employees themselves can take on to improve their sense of belonging and connectedness? Like I know we spoke a lot about, about employers, but I'm curious if you think there's anything employees can do themselves. One thing that I've seen good results with, it, and it starts at the grassroots, but I believe a lot of these also need some executive sponsorship or people saying this is important and we're going to dedicate time and resources to this, is having some um, groups. You can call them anything you want. It could be anything from like culture groups to employee resource groups to inclusion groups, and it can take a variety of different formats, but getting getting people in organizations together in small groups to talk about one their experience and two ideas for how we can improve connectedness or belonging is is a simple tactic it takes encouragement though like i said and somebody somebody willing to say this is important enough that we want to dedicate time and resources to it and then i'd recommend that those groups whatever they come up with in terms of ideas that we get some accountability and sponsorship for making improvements, changes, or just sharing success. Yeah, and I think it's, um, there's so much employees can do. And I think leadership wants to hear from employees and they wanna know what they want and what they're looking for. So I think as much as employees can get involved in that process, then the, um, the probability of success is a lot higher. I also think in terms of inclusion and belonging, what people can do is share their voice. I, I think it, I always, because I have a leadership lens, that's what I've dedicated my life to is leadership development. I think it takes leaders asking about people's experience in terms of how do they feel included or do, do they feel like they belong or not. And if you have a leader willing to ask that, what the employee's role is, is to share your feedback and experience and come to the table with ideas for improvement if you have them. And what do you, what are, what do you see, like, what are um, leaders, like, what are the biggest challenges they're facing today as, like, they're trying to professionally develop? One is managing, managing people who are everywhere. Some are in the office, some, some are at home, and so they the transition was how do I manage everyone at home? Now the transition is how do I manage when some people are here and some people are at home? Right. How do we do that fairly? How do we get everyone's voice? How do you make sure that because an employee is physically close to you, it doesn't create favoritism or like proximity makes it easier to manage someone or give them projects? So those are some of the challenges that leaders are facing right now. And then um, as well, you've already mentioned inclusiveness, belonging, diversity, mm -hmm. them understanding 
what are the opportunities for improvement in the team I lead or in the culture I exist in? And what can I change or do to become more inclusive? And what are you seeing? Um, what are you seeing at companies um, in terms of learning, development, and training? What are the key focuses there um, as we move into like 2021 and 2022? Oh, <laughs> it's, it, it's industry specific, of course. So I'll speak right. to it from a lens of general skills. Um, so I, I mentioned this a little bit, but as the future becomes less predictable and the ch and ch the world where you exist in it involves more change. It's best to have talent that's flexible, that's skilled and flexible, but can learn and grow into areas that you need. Mm -hmm. And so those are a lot are going to be technology, of course, but how do we also knowing that technology is a huge focus and will be evolving so much that it might actually replace people's job. But how do we grow our talent in a way that utilizes technology, but we build the skills that it takes that no computer will ever be able to do? What those are aren't exactly clear yet, but a, a lot of it has comes down to agile, critical thinking, building, you know, the latest and greatest technology skills. Leadership development is going to continue to be important focus for companies. Leadership invest investing in your leadership pays off exponentially. The more skilled you can uh, the more skill investment that you can make in your leaders Again, the research shows it leads to better results, higher engagement, um, better satisfaction, the same things that I mentioned with engagement. So leadership development, I believe, will continue to be a focus and new skills are things like leading through technology, what I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But also the focus is going to be on retention. How do I retain people? and engage them in critical discussions um, around what they like about their job, what they don't like, what they like about the culture and what we could do to engage them, keep them and grow them. So that yeah. long answer, but I believe <laughs> developing employees and developing leaders will be important. The specific skills that's a moving target depending on where the organization is headed. But I think it all leads back to, um, it, it trickles down. If you invest in your leaders and they'll invest in their direct reports and then direct reports will invest in their direct reports and then you really create a culture of like constant improvement and learning. So um, I think those are all um, super interesting points. So last question for you before we finish. Um, what is one word you would use to describe the future of work? And you can obviously explain it past the one word. Uh, the first thing that came to mind is trust. So I believe as we get further away from the people that we, we work with or work for, trust is going to have to be a focus and needs to be something that is extended and where there needs to be focus making sure that trust as a foundation exists. Um, I say that because the ways in which we're working together are changing and every every team in an organization 
is built on some sort of foundation of trust or or lack thereof. So it's kind of an old school concept around how important trust is, is the foundation of any team. But the way that we're interacting is changing. And so I believe a focus on trust is going to need to become ever more important. I agree. And now that we don't potentially don't have as much face time in our future, um, it's just trusting that people are performing and are being honest and transparent and all that. So yeah. we've never had that answer. So, I, but I, I really like it. I couldn't agree with it more. So thank you so much for taking the time. This has been really interesting and fascinating. And we're so part, I'm so excited to have you as part of the Bundle family. So just appreciate you taking the time and sharing your perspectives and looking forward to continuing to see your work. Join us next time on Behind Bundle as we talk about how workplaces will recruit and retain top talent in a post-pandemic world.